And hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 48 of the weekly Yes And podcast, The Weekly Yap. I'm your host, Travis Thomas. Really excited this week to interview and speak with Carrie Morgan. We'll be getting to Carrie here in a moment, but just real quick, I want to remind you all to check out last week's podcast with uh, Joy Lang. We went from pole dancing to authenticity to women's empowerment. So uh, uh, we kind of covered the gamut last week in episode 47. <clears throat> and also want to remind you all, if you haven't checked out our website for dobigthings.net, Donald Kelly, the sales evangelist, and I will be holding our first conference called Do Big Things, November 3rd and 4th in West Palm Beach. So check us out, dobigthings.net. We have a uh, our Labor Day special, which still might be extended if you go to our website to order tickets uh, for that event. Again, entrepreneurs, anyone wanting to live your passion, live your purpose, make sure you check out dobigthings.net. Of course, you can check out my website, liveyesand.com, to book me for your next uh, event, corporate training. Uh, I have a special right now about the, especially the businesses in the Florida area, the Power Lunch. I'll come in and give you a quick Uh, 60-minute session on purpose, authenticity, and collaboration, Uh, a nice little boost in your workplace. So make sure you check me out for that. And also, again, my book, Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live Yes And. That is available on Amazon, excuse me, Amazon Kindle. Want to say hello to the great teachers at Felix Williams Elementary. Got to speak to them in Stewart last week and really excited that uh, in a couple of weeks I'll be working with the Chicago Cubs Development League out in Arizona, heading to Michigan to speak at a few schools as well as at the Gear Up to Lead conference. Uh, and then back to St. Louis for a few events there as well. So we've got a busy schedule coming up the next month and a half, uh, but we'll continue to produce the weekly yap. I know one item that has been uh, kind of top of the news for the last week or so has been the Colin Kaepernick uh, protests that he's been doing during the national anthem. And uh, I think it's raised a lot of great conversation. Uh, Obviously, he uh, has been under a lot of heat for taking the stand. And before we start to kind of get into a discussion, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, one thing that's really come to me really since this has occurred, and I think it's uh, a symptomatic of the way that uh, our sort of society, especially the media, approaches subjects. And, and I was on Facebook, and someone had posted a picture of Tim Tebow. It was a picture of him kind of you know, in his prayer position uh, when he played. And then it was a picture of Kaepernick uh, sitting down during the national anthem. And it was this idea of, you know, you have to be, you know, you can't be for both of them. You have to be for one and against the other and vice versa. And it just got me thinking about this idea because I, I, I saw the picture. I'm like, well, hey, I'm pro someone sort of demonstrating their, their faith on the field. I'm okay with that. But I'm also for someone demonstrating their uh, a sense of their beliefs and their protest and, and taking a stand for something. Isn't it okay for me to be in agreement or supportive of both stands? And I, and I think... What we tend to do on issues is that we try to polarize every issue 
that there's a clear right and there's a clear wrong. And if you are in support of one thing, it means you can't be in support of another thing. And I think that is so uh, uh, dangerous when it comes to trying to have healthy and productive conversation around really, really heavy topics. And I think this Colin Kaepernick one is a perfect example of that. And I know the first thing that people thought was this is tremendously disrespectful to the military and to those people who are serving uh, uh, to defend our country. And when in reality, you can be pro in favor of the stand that he's taking politically as far as, uh, you know, feeling like um, uh, uh, blacks are sort of not getting, you know, the treatment and the rights that they deserve to take that stand. But also it doesn't mean that you're anti-military, you're anti-veteran. And, and I think we can, you can probably take almost any issue that is a, a hot button issue um, in our country, if not our world, and we try to turn it into it's either this or it's this, and there's no gray area. And then the reality is, everything is everything is gray. Now, some people are going to go, no, clearly there's there's a right and there's a wrong, there's principled. But any of us <laughs> who who have to live and deal with these complex issues will tell you that no, it's a whole lot of gray, and it's a whole lot of each of us having to decide for ourselves what is love leading us to do? What is grace impelling us to do? How are we responding to each situation from a standpoint of purpose and grace and compassion in that moment for that circumstance? And when we, I think when we approach life that way and we allow ourselves to be moved and our action comes from that sense of inspiration, things become less black and white, and they become um, less polarizing. It becomes less um, uh, confrontational. It becomes more responding from our heart and responding from love, which I think is always the best place to start. And so as we confront this issue, because it's not going anywhere, I saw that Megan Rapino just took a stand. Uh, more football players did this past week. Megan Rapino did for, uh, for women's soccer and how as a uh, as a gay woman in America, she feels like it was hard to hurt for her to stand uh, at the national anthem sometimes, knowing that her rights were were not fully supported. And so, I just, you know, I always just I'm in favor of can we can we look at this from an open-minded, um, non-reactive and more reflective uh, stance with compassion and grace. Um, so that's that's what got me thinking about that <clears throat> here this week. So enough about that. Let's get into episode 48. My interview this week is uh, another inspiring one. Uh, her name is Carrie Morgan. She's a holistic lifestyle consultant. Uh, she's worked with top organizations, uh, elite entrepreneurs, and she's the founder of 21st Century Blueprint. Uh, and she works with women entrepreneurs. Um, she went from working in the poultry industry to owning an MMA league. Yes, that's right, mixed martial arts to now uh, helping women uh, with female empowerment, holistic healing, um, heart-centered leadership. And uh, she was just a joy to talk to. Uh, Her name is Carrie Morgan, and uh, it is a pleasure for me to welcome her to this week's weekly Yes And podcast. And welcome Carrie Morgan to the weekly Yes And podcast. Carrie is in New Jersey. Good morning, Carrie. Hello, Travis. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, to join uh, to jump on the weekly yap. And uh, how are things up in New Jersey today? Oh, they're beautiful. 
great weather, just loving life right now. Excellent. Well, well, Carrie, I can't wait to jump in and uh, and, and hear about you and your experience and your coaching and your life. And uh, uh, in your bio, in your uh, on your website, you talk about um, heart-centered leaders and entrepreneurs. So what is a heart-centered leader from your perspective? Uh, a heart-centered leader is a woman or a person in general, because my base is mostly for women, but someone that is in true alignment, that has totally set a standard for their self and their business, but they're coming from that with listening to their gut, listening to the next step by moving forward and stepping into their power by being truly authentic to what they want to share with millions of people, whether that's their message, their service, um, you know, opportunities, or just a, a love-based um, business that they know they're creating each day, and they have this bigger vision that they're living up to. Great. So, if that is a heart-centered leader, would the would the opposite be a head-centered leader? Yes. Well, a head-centered leader, or I would say that would totally be true. That is definitely the opposite, because most of us get into this base of when we have grown up, just following our standards from our parents, but knowing that we're reacting, right? Someone's always telling us what to do next, what to do, and then we have to react to it. You have to get this many cells. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. But you're generating more um, business for someone else's dream, so you're not magically creating your own purpose on this earth because you're reacting consistently to what other people are demanding of you. And that's why a lot of people have these, um, you know, illnesses or they just feel like, wow, I created all this, but I still feel empty inside because they're not actually creating what their true purpose is. I hope that makes sense for you. Yes, it does. And, 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 and working with, with a, a lot of coaches, being a coach, uh, interviewing coaches there I've yet to meet a coach Carrie that has become a coach without kind of going through their own sort of transformational experience along the way so so for you what's kind of the path I know it's probably a long story but what's the path that has sort of led you into the coaching world so my journey has definitely been a long spells of up and down but we'll I'll get to the the basics of what happened. So around when I was like 15 and I lost my dad, I just always felt like, wow, this life has to be something more, right? You just always have these awakenings. And it's like, are you listening to these um, situations that are coming up and showing you what you need to do, right? So from there, I was probably like, oh, I'm just going to be a bad person. I didn't care about anything. And then, you know, you just keep growing as you get older. And once I started to um, really start to get into my life and, you know, my husband's been an entrepreneur, so I did a lot of stuff with him. Um, and we owned an MMA as in mixed business. martial arts? Yes. <laughs> really? So cage fighting, so mixed martial <laughs> arts. We did that in Atlantic City. Okay. Yeah, for uh, about five, six years. That was and that was your that, that was your passion, right, Carrie? The MMA. Yeah. No. <laughs> it actually, we 
just fell into it. It was just like something that was like, we were always business people and the opportunity showed up. So we just consumed it and just took over. I mean, it was amazing experience. I don't think anyone, if you had something like that to do to be a promoter and be in the entertainment business, it's really eye opening, but you definitely get sucked into a world of, you can have everything, but everything may not be the right things, right? Getting into all the bars and, you know, right. Like red carpet and 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 that kind of stuff. I was trying to get away from like just the drinking or just you know hanging out late. But you have to understand when you're in that business that those are your clients. Those are the people that you need to make sure you're spending time with because they're the ones that are also bringing people to your event. You know, so you have to socialize. You just get right. cut off after the event's over. So you know you have to do that mentally. But it was a lot of stress uh, just dealing with you know the state of New Jersey, uh, the athletic control board, just. You know that and we just didn't know what we were heading for, but um, we definitely are not quitters, so we <laughs> we went in it all out, right? So once I had a panic attack because I was just like, oh my god, there's no way I just can't. Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing the rest of my life? Like, even though we probably would have never had to work again in our life, we have no bills. Everything's paid for our house or car, everything. So it's that and our other business has definitely helped us, right? So, um, but what was there was just a point in my life where I just said to myself, is this it? Like, is this what you want to be known for? And it was just kind of like those, that voice just kept coming up louder and louder. And it was just like, you know, I'm tired of being a, a buffer between this business and my husband and just all the, you know, drama. And I was just, I just didn't want that. So my body kind of just gave me what I felt like, you know, I kept saying in my head, right? It just shut down. I, I worked out a lot, but I was still like 112 pounds. I just, it was just like a weird thing that my body just kind of shut down and just told me, well, then I guess you're not going to do it anymore. Right. <laughs> so I, from that journey, I became a holistic health coach, um, a yoga instructor and also, um, corporate wellness programs. Cause I just felt like if I, if this happened to me and I'm still creating my life, right? Like I'm still in charge of it. It's not like I'm still reacting to what I chose to react to. Right. Mm-hmm. How is life affecting people that felt like they're stuck in situations that they have no way out. Right. Um, and they have to do this. They have to get up and go to work every day because that is just a mandatory thing in their head. And they would never ever be able to live doing anything else because they first, you know, they're afraid to. Right. Um, so I was just like, well, how can I help people? You know, so that started to really pull at me. And so that's where I started my new journey. And I felt like, Yes, this people need to understand you can still create your new chapter, your new blueprint. Um, you just have to be able to believe in yourself again and know that you're creating a new space for this to show up. And if you don't create that space for it to show up, you will always be stuck. And that's why a lot of people read and they, every January, they read every diet book and they're like, why am I not losing weight? Why is this happening? It's because that you haven't created space for that to show up in your life, right? You're so consumed with everything else and you just have no more room in your bucket for anything new to show up for that new space to connect and really be automated in your life. Now, to go back uh, to when you are, you know, you're, you're finding a lot of success uh, professionally through the MMA, but you just are asking yourself this question, like, is this really it? Uh, how is that? How is that showing up for you? Was it just a voice in your head that keep that kept speaking to you? You mentioned your body shutting down. Did your did your body just like physically start to break down on you? How that? How did that go? 
the panic attack, which I have not ever experienced a panic attack. I'm usually the person that my girlfriend had it, my sister-in-law has it, and I usually talk them, you know, into a comfortable space, right? I remember, like, when I was in college, uh, my girlfriend had one, and I was just, like, I talked her completely out of that. I didn't even know what it was, but I just kind of talked her back into her own body, right, from being in this nervous position that she had. Um, So when it happened to me, I was like, whoa, what is going on? Like, I just felt like I I was out of control. Like, there was no way I could ever figure out what was going on. So I did call my sister-in-law. I was like, I think something's going on. I'm not sure what it is, but can you explain what you feel like when you're having a panic attack? So then that's how I got to realize that, yes, my body was shutting down and it was because I, I was in an inner conflict. My mind was saying, okay, do you really want to do this? I, you know, you had enough. And, and then my actions were doing something totally different, right? I just kept having these stressful, you know, doing these events, which were every six weeks, which were 61 fighters. Um, that's four sheets of paper that has to get approved by the state. And that means doctors have to sign everything. That means all these approvals from the, the trainers. And then you have to get all the fighters to the event. And I dealt with all that. I dealt with merchandise. I dealt with all ticket sales. I mean, I did practically everything on that end. Right. We had teams were in place when we got there, but the process of getting there through the six weeks was, you know, it put a lot of havoc on my mind and my body. Um, And then the weekends of the events, um, you know, we really didn't sleep practically that whole weekend, you know, because you're just your body's like geared up and, you know, you just have to get out there and perform and make sure everything works out, make sure the audience is having a good time, you know. Um, so it was just a process, make sure all the staff's there, make sure everybody shows up and everybody's in their location. And, you know, just it's just a lot to do. Um, so doing that every six weeks, you know, it, I guess it's the same thing as being a nurse. You're walking into that situation, knowing you're dealing with the stress and knowing your body has to right. you know, be able to work at that high level. Um And this was like 10 times higher, I think, because I was just dealing with so many people and so many like pulling my energy away. Um, But it was just, I kept hearing, you know, is this what you want? You know, and if I was not truly completely saying, yes, this is exactly what I want, then, you know, the universe or, you know, your intentions usually start to fall apart because you're not truly committed to it. Right. And, um, and I think that's where I was. It's like, I felt like I wanted it, but I really wasn't sure. And if you're not sure, it's going to be harder for you to stay in, um, you know, in that entrepreneur space because you're just going to be like, I had enough, you know? And that's what I kind of felt like, even though I put, we put in so much work, it was, I think it was more of the, just the drama that I had to put the buffer on because I'm a, you know, I like to solve the problem. So I think it was just all the drama consistently that, um, was a lot of toll for me and we definitely should have delegated I did tell my husband that I was like it's time to just delegate and go to another space and let this one run by itself and then you know kind of do that but he didn't want to do that and I felt like well then I just can't do this all by myself you know so and and that's you know I said if you wanted to keep doing it that's totally fine but I just knew I just had to make a choice and uh you know, I had to find my own space. Right. You know, you had to carve out my own, my own purpose for this world. I, I had to carve out something where I felt like it was just burning inside of me to get out and, um, and 
and, and that's where I am now. And, you know, it's a, it's a rocky situation. It's a little scarier <laughs> when you're doing something new, but, um, you know, it does make you feel, um, energized when you know that you're touching people's lives every day. Right. Yeah. All right, Carrie, I want to, you mentioned purpose uh, a few moments ago about kind of having this sense of, of purpose, listening to your purpose. For you, what did, how did that come about? How did you articulate your purpose as you were going through this process? That's a very good question <laughs> because everyone's like, well, what is my purpose? And um, what I did for myself I said when I don't like to go back into the past but sometimes you need to just go back and, and know when you felt really good about yourself and um, I said well when I was doing yoga I felt really good I just mm-hmm. felt like like this was me just connecting back to myself fully and me being able to listen and just trust my instincts again so I said let's you know I'm going to go back and um, you know do the training because everyone thinks oh yoga training is just for you to be a yoga instructor but it's more for you to find yourself right you really dive deep um, into your own intuition into just experiencing different levels of mindset work and um, you know you believing in yourself again but you also just being in that space of being able to receive right and listen Um, and so that's where I needed to go so that was the beginning for me to start to be able to hear what my purpose was again, you know, where my connection was by me going back and pulling out what I felt really comfortable in, in my life and bringing that back to full circle. Um, and a lot of people love to just be like, Oh, well this makes me like drinking coffee makes me happy. And that's great. You know, everybody has their thing. So you have to find out what your thing is because you're, you have a gift that no one else has. Right. So, and you know, and I don't like people to be like, Oh, I want to do what this person does, but you have to make that your unique thing. You know, it's not about copying people. It's about finding your unique space and um, listening to that. And I always got the thing about the blueprints, the blueprints, right. That was always coming to me. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I was just like, and when I go back and I look at my journaling, it was always in there, you know? Um, so I just wrapped around that and I wrapped around people, you know, changing their blueprint, you know, and calling myself the blueprint goddess because I have a niche where if I listen to what you, the situation you have going on, I could easily see your end game or your bigger vision for mm. yourself or get you there in bite-sized pieces, right, that you can digest and you can reformat to rebuild a blueprint because a blueprint is a foundation, right, just like you're building a house, but it's building it on strength and the morals and the standards and the character and that's really what a heart-centered leader is also. It's about you having those deep grounded foundational um, purposes in your life that no one can steer you away from your your goal or your your complete um, vision to your your purpose. And and you mentioned those the blueprint uh, you your three blueprint tools uh, you say are self love, self awareness, and self discipline. Can you talk about those three a little bit more? Sure. Um, now and it, and I like to explain it like this. Um, so people can understand that 
self-love, self-discipline, and self-awareness is something that if you tune into those three things every day, that is going to build your foundation of being your highest version of yourself. And like people will never leave their house without brushing their teeth, right? That is so ingrained into we hope, them. We it hope. Was, right? We, we hope. hope. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, you are so true. But I'm giving the, the human race a benefit of the doubt right now with that statement. <laughs> I'll, I'll go there with you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be something that, you know, is ingrained into you, right? So if we would do the same concept of doing those three things before we even react to anything in life, right? Giving ourselves the stepping into our self-awareness, tapping into our self-love and that self-discipline on what you really, really want and be crystal clear about it, right? But be committed. That's the discipline part. Um, Every single day. It's not like, oh, I feel really good. Let me just stop for six months and then complain about stuff didn't work when you're not consistently disciplined and putting in the work every day. Right. Right. So those three things are, I like to tell people, well, that's the base of where you need to start. Because if you do not love yourself or where you are right now, then it's going to be so much harder for you to ever expand. Um, And, you know, people are searching for love in all different areas, but that love for yourself and that self um, you know, awareness of just truly loving the space you are because nobody came down, no fairy came down and said, you have to do all this stuff. You said yes to wherever you are right now. No one else put you in this position, right? And, you know, people forget, like, if they don't like their job anymore, but you like that job. And when you had that interview, you got that job. So you got to figure out where um, you had that love. How can you get back to that love of what you had or where you made those decisions and, you know, move from that space? Um, and the self-awareness is, you know, you listening to those nudges that you're getting instead of putting blankets over them and trying to covering up, you know, um, those, that higher calling or just that thing that just tells you, oh, you better not do that. Oh, oh, this is a really good choice. Look into that. Um, And a lot of people just blow off that voice that's always, you know, telling them those little tools to get them through, you know, this world of distraction. We're completely distracted every day. So you need to be in tune with your highest version because, you know, it really knows what's right for you. Um, and so those are the things that I feel like if people could just really tap into them and do the work consistently daily, um, you will see a huge, huge difference in your mindset and just how you feel by yourself. What are, what's the what's the routine or the or the tools that you have on a daily basis that really sort of feeds your own self love? Um, so what I like to do, um, I do still do the alarm thing. I don't. I just do the alarm thing so I know in my head. I did, it's just like a beep and on my phone just to kind of like wake my body up a little bit. Usually I, I, I've done this one thing before where I, I do a lot of testing, right? I test for like a month, see what works. And I got to a point one day where I didn't need an alarm at all, but for some reason I haven't turned it off. So, um, we have, I have done this process where I wake up and the first thing I just do in my head is what am I grateful for? Mm -hmm. So I'll just run through like 
you know, a, a mindset thing, like listening to the birds, you know, because that's what the first thing that comes to my mind because I could hear them or it be, I'm just grateful for my breath. I'm grateful for my eyes. I'm grateful for my hands. I just go through like every part of my body in the morning and just say, I'm so grateful. It's just, I just train myself to do this process. Um, and then um, I kind of just do, I have this little thing where I love to give people this tip. What if you start your sentence with, I love, instead of like, oh my God, I have to do this. You know, I love waking up. I love brushing my teeth. I love putting on my clothes. I love getting fresh air. Just any sentence, anything you have to do. I love going grocery shopping. I love driving to work. Just start your sentence with, I love right? That simple two little words is what it's doing is it's bringing your energy back to you instead of you pushing or reacting and pushing your energy away or giving your energy away every day by saying you love, I love you're confirming that you are in love with the decisions that you made, but you're also pulling the energy and it makes you feel like you're in control again of your destiny or your life or your purpose. Um, so those are the a couple things that I like to do. And I do do a little like the journaling in the morning, um, but I do definitely spend about 20 minutes um, of doing something every day. But I do this kind of stuff consistently during the day. You know, if I feel like I'm out of sync at 12 o'clock, I will go and go for a walk and then come back and get my work done. Um, yeah. I, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you could do that, um, obviously. So, but if you are in a space where you're sitting in an office, then you need to get up and go to the bathroom and shut that bathroom door and, you know, tune into yourself again, whether it's five minutes, right? Right. Um, and, and find that space again, or, you know, walk around the whole floor of the, you know, take the long way around your office until you get back to your desk. Um, so those are little things, but... It's the consistent action of coming from that space of knowing you are worth it and knowing you are creating each choice that you make is, you know, making your person five years from now. Um, so you have to be aware of all these choices and all these thoughts and, and everything. It's, you know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, really? And I'm like, yeah, really? I'm like, and if you haven't tried it or tested it, then there's not really much that I can say to you, but try it for a month and see how you right. feel. Right. Right. So, yeah, I love that. I, the, I love in front of the sentences. I love that. I love just that the, uh, the changing the sort of the mindset and the intention behind, uh, every activity that you're doing. It reminds me, actually, it reminds me a lot about just kind of the idea of yes and, you know, the yes and the yes and is all about acceptance. And so by saying yes to what is going on, you know, the facts of what are, of, of what is happening, that's sort of the yes. To say yes to that is, is to be in acceptance with it. Uh, the and is is actually how we're going to choose to respond to the facts, you know. So if it's you know, <clears throat> I'm in traffic, it's like yes, I'm in traffic, and I'm going to use this time to express gratitude or to reflect on my day or to plan out, you know. And so I, just that idea of, of of putting I love in front of a sentence, it's like okay, yeah, I don't I don't have to like what I'm doing, but if I if I choose to approach it from a loving standpoint, it's going to completely shift the experience. Yes, that is so true. I, I, that's why I was just like so honored to be on your podcast because um, 
I think the message is so real, but people have to understand that it's still an energy thing. You know, your your negativity or the process of your thoughts plays a, a, a very um, it plays a part on your day. You know, um, and I just want people to start from a day of creating that love again that they had for their self or for the, the things they said yes to, right? Yeah. So, so to go back, Carrie, when you when you were listening to your voice that was hammering you over the head and hammering your body and saying you need to change, you need to make an adjustment. So you start going through your own sort of self work and self discovery, whether it's the the yoga training um, and the self work that that's coming up. Was there was there one or two things that that you sort of discovered about yourself that were sort of eye opening? Um, or kind of transformational ideas that that maybe you'd been carrying around or something that you knew was co- sort of a shift that you needed to make? Mm, yeah. Um, so there, there was. When I was doing the yoga training and we were learning how to just really meditate again, Right, because um, I remember when I first did yoga, like years ago, my son was like he's sixteen now, so he was like way baby before he was like born. Um, but he, and then when he was a baby, I would do it. Um, I never really fully committed to it. Right, I was just like, oh, you know, because it was back then, it was still wasn't like as prominent as it is now, you know. Right. It was still like, okay, yeah, what is this about? And I was just doing it at the gym, so it really wasn't an experience as if I was doing it in a studio or something like that. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, let's try it, and and it, but the whole time I was doing it back then, a long time ago, I was just like, oh my God, this is horrible. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, (laughs) like, you know, committed to, like, feeling that experience or feeling that, that spiritual, like, shift. And not that saying yoga is more spiritual, but some people really need to just find that connection, right? Right. Um, So, but when I started to do the process of the um, training, I really just completely, like, took all of the mindset around is this right or is this not right and gave myself the space to receive it Mm. so that means I just was just like I'm not going to be biased in everything I'm going to consume with an open eyes and an open mindset on what I need right now this is obviously something if this is coming back into my life this powerful then I really need to put in 110% but without being um, rejecting or you know seeing someone else's view as being oh that's crazy you know but just saying okay let me absorb this and let me do the work on it let me actually test it I love to just test things and see if they work and I always give people like if people really don't understand the whole thing of the mindset it I have had moments where I needed to get somewhere at a certain time and the whole process was and I was late and I was just like you know what I'm gonna get there on time and so I just in my head say I will be there with five minutes to spare you know I switched it instead of people going to panic oh my god I'm gonna be late you know and that and that's what really helped me that was the biggest shift for me to see that yes I can do this mindset game, but I can be completely aware of my thoughts and I can make them work for me and keep in alignment. Um, like I love going to Whole Foods and I always will say, I'm going to get a spot right up front. And I usually <laughs> do. Right. Yeah. 
And, but those are testing things. Those are little things where you can be like, and you can be like, ooh, it works. Because your mind has to get around the process of, ooh, it works, right? Because you're so in disbelief of all the other blueprints that someone has told you, whether it's your grandparents, whether it's your parents, whether it's your old boyfriends, you know, or your friends or, you know, your network. Everyone has these concept of what life's supposed to be. And so you get stuck in that concept. And that was the biggest shift to me, for me to realize that why do I have to have a concept? Why can't I just create every day? Why can't I just live fully and feel the experience on an emotional level, but also know, know my purpose and know without, you know, being unapologetic about this, but mm-hmm. just know no matter what that this is what's going to happen, you know, and not saying I have to be like, you know, working for somebody else, but just working for myself, but know that, you know, this is okay, right? Because everyone else is telling you it's not okay. And sometimes when you're making a big shift in life and you want something to show up, it's probably better for you not to tell people that are going to bring you down because then you won't even start, right? right? Because, you know, that's just them telling you what they know, what that's ingrained and automated in them. And I, I, I really help. What really helped me was just realizing if I, if I'm a person that wants to do this in my business or do that, I need to be around that person that it's automated for that person. Right. So if Mm -hmm. you want to start running, you need a friend that runs. If you want (laughs) to start losing weight, you need a person that, you know, is a, you know, that's physical trainer because that's, that's an automated response for them. If you want a millionaire, want to be a millionaire, you need a millionaire friend because that's automated for them. If you want, you know, and that's what people forget that those people, it's so ingrained in them. When you're around them, they just feed it out like nothing, you know, because that's all they know. Right. Um, if you want, like, like, let's go back to Olympics. If you want to be in Olympics, you need to be someone that has been there because that's their process. They know what to do. And they're all friends, right? They're, they're, not, they're not hanging around people that have no options of going to the Olympics, right? They're hanging around the people that have been there and that was getting to the next level. That's won a lot of medals that they want to win, you know? So it's that process. You, you have to understand that those people around you, um, you know, are the biggest shift. And I think that was a process too, that, you know, I felt like, whoa, I may have to lose some friends. Um, I may have to just not be able to have space, you know, in my life right now for them, maybe later, but I need to move forward. It was about my journey uh, and my decisions. So um, that was my biggest pull from that was creating the space, but, you know, letting go of all my blueprints on how I was raised on how you have to work hard and do all this stuff and just focus on my service to millions and what I needed to do to get to that level. And where, where did that influence in your life come from Carrie that, that, uh, sort of inspired you to do actually this kind of work, whether it's the self-discovery, the meditation, the, um, the mindset work, what's, what influence in your life sort of opened up that world to you? That's a great question because you know what I would like I could never even imagine me being on this path. <laughs> like I really do, I mean like when I was younger it's like this is nothing that I had in my repertoire of doing. 
Um, I even when I worked at the bookstore, I really didn't want anything to do with self help books. Right. And it was so strange because I guess I was fighting so hard to just like not be in that space. It was just weird. Um, but I used to go to church all the time when I was little. I mean, I was all about that, and it was just somehow maybe I got off my path a little bit. Um, not saying that church is like you know every church is different, but I always had like a really good foundation of gratitude and just being happy and um, you know being disciplined but also dedicated to my standards um but then i when i was at the bookstore i think this is where it kind of started and i kept seeing um the book covers saying the same things right mm. like almost mm-hmm. like pulling out the same title but almost like oh my god like then you read the subline i'm like oh my god it's like the same thing and so i would always stack those books up and like never ever put them away Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't even go in that section. And I always tell people this story. And they're like, are you serious? Right. Okay. So this is true. Um, and I wasn't a big reader and I was just like, but I found myself working at a bookstore. So, and it was borders. And, um, and so then I said, Oh my God, if they're all saying the same thing, then you have to, right. You just have to listen. Right. You know what I mean? You can't be like, Oh my God, you don't want to listen to this. This is, you know, so I started to put the books away. I started to find out more into that section. I started to actually maybe buy a couple books and read like learning optimism was one of the books that I had purchased. Um, and so from there I really started to just dabble, but you know, be able to consume what I thought was, you know, to get me on that path. Um, and when you're doing a yoga training, so I'll move forward like five, probably six years, you know, in the past the bookstore, um, you have to read more books. So you get really into the philosophy of yoga and, um, the philosophy of yoga is more of empowering yourself, right? It's, it's really tuning into those, um, the process and the gifts and, you know, finding your, your unique path on this earth. So that really helped me a lot. And from there, I just was like, okay, so by the time I started doing the yoga training, I knew I had completely opened up to what was ever coming to receive. Um, but definitely the bookstores helped. Um, I remember like my first thing buying was like a Tony Robbins thing. And then I started by Brandon Burchard mm-hmm. and now I'm like a course junkie online. I'm like, okay, no more courses. Right. Because I've <laughs> gone from buying books to buying those one-on-one coaching right. type of, you know, course training that you have all the time and they're digitalized. Right. Um, and so that was, that was my biggest influence because it wasn't really like I had anybody in my life that I've ever seen do this kind of stuff. Um, but once again, I am pretty sure that I've always been very intuitive and I never knew how intuitive I was. Um, and so I think that that part of me had just start to, you know, come forward without me being able to stop it. Right. Cause I used to love to paint and anytime I would paint, I would just randomly look through a magazine and I had see this picture and I'm like, Oh my God, I need to paint that. And it was like an Eagle. And then it was like a Phoenix rising. And I didn't even realize that my Scorpio, I'm a Scorpio, but those are all my signs of transformation yes. in Scorpio sign. And, I, and then it like hit me after like I read something and I'm like, Oh my goodness. So I, think what I'm really good at too is realizing that I pull all these like signs that come or 
from the past and I connect them all, right? So then I know I'm on, I'm on to something, right? I, I always say all those synchronicities that I've had, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know what I mean? Like it would be like one morning when they all just flood into me and I'm like, okay, good. Like if I ever had any doubt that all those synchronicities of everything that's happened shows up right. and it makes me see that all my pieces are gluing together to make my perfect portrait, right? Or my my perfect vision or my vision, not say perfect, but my vision that I have set up or the vision that I'm supposed to be going into. Yeah. Kind of like God or the universe placing you in, in a, in a bookstore for a job so that, uh, you would, you would finally, you would finally listen and start reading these messages. Yeah. And I don't think I made any money at that job. Let me be serious because <laughs> I literally have so many books downstairs and I'm like, when it was, they went out of business, I literally just stocked up on stuff like, Oh, maybe my son will read that or yeah. I'll read it, you know? And so I was just like, Oh, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 and I believe that, you know, because I really did not like to read. I mean, I like to read like, um, other types of books, but those books I just really did not. I was more of a mystery person. I like to figure out before we get to the end, you know, who did it and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's funny. <laughs> isn't that isn't that isn't that neat though? I mean, you know, it, it's just like your idea of putting "I love" in front of everything. You know, you talked about being able to sort of look back and and look at the look at the journey, look at the path, and and you can look back and from one perspective. You can look at everything and say, wow, that was completely random. Why did that happen? That shouldn't have happened. None of this makes sense. And you can look at the exact same experience through a different perspective and say, wow, look at by having this job to this experience, to this book, to this class, to this course, to this move, to this. You know, and you can you can you can connect the dots and, and see sort of the blessing and the gratitude in all of it. Same experience, but just but choosing sort of how you're going to show up and, and view the experience. Yes, that is so powerful. That is so true, Travis. Um, and it is about your perspective. And that's why I definitely know that more people are coming from the wrong perspective of their life, right? Um, so to just to get them to just do these bite-sized, you know, little tiny steps of just changing your process of how you begin your sentence about yourself or your experience or your life. And from there, start from that space, right? Because your inner game transforms your outer gain in life. So if you, anything you're doing, all the inside inner game work, um, is what you're living, where you are right now is from your thoughts and your process and your energy and your emotions that you are putting out there. Yes. Oh, so much good stuff there. All right. Before we wrap things up here though, Carrie, because I know our time is running out, we, we have to do some improvisation. We can't, we can't do an interview without some improv. And so, uh, we'll do improv via word association. So I will throw a word at you and, uh, you just run off the first thing that pops in your head. Okay. How's that sound? All right, here we go. First one is happiness. I'm with you, sister. I'm with you right there. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Failure. Um, oh, that's a good one. Okay. So failure. Okay. Failing a test at school. I'm oh. just going to, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. All right. Next one is boredom. Probably working for somebody else. Stress. 
not letting go. Peace. Ultimate love. Ultimate love. I like that. And the last one is success. Excellent. And 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 since we'll, and we'll end on that note, Carrie, with you. What recommendation do you have for someone listening? The best way for them to to connect with their GPS. Their best way is to let go, to make room. Okay, because if you cannot let go of situations that have happened in the past, like example like if a radio station comes on and there's a song and it reminds you of a boyfriend that broke up with you and stuff like that you're attached you're still attached so you really got to let go to make room to be able to listen to your next step right because every day every choice you make is planning your five years so get a piece of paper write everything all the feelings all these situations that are not working for you and then just go back and read it and figure out what you don't want in that story anymore and then rewrite the story and then just keep reading that story over and over and over excellent and if any of you listening want to to get more help on that and follow up on that uh please contact carrie directly carrie what is the best way for people to be in touch with you they can connect with me on my Facebook, um, Carrie Morgan. Also, I have a business page, 21st Century Blueprint, which is also my website. Um, I have a free quiz on there if anybody wants to just go in there. It's a great quiz just so it helps you with your mindset and like to let you know what your first choices are when you're asked questions or when you're thinking about questions in, in situations. Fantastic. And I will include links to uh, your website in the podcast. And Carrie, thanks so much for your time today. It's been great having you on the weekly app. Thanks, Travis. It was definitely a pleasure. All Have right. a great day. Have a great day.